This is Eschatology Lesson 9. We are calling this one the spirit of Antichrist and its role. I don't think I want to give a he pronoun to the spirit of Antichrist, so its role. We want to cover this because before we teach on the Antichrist, you have to understand the Bible is very clear. The spirit of Antichrist is already at work in the earth. And what we're going to see from this lesson this morning is that we've all yielded to it. Every one of us has yielded to the spirit of Antichrist. And that's a little scary. But just like the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ is in the earth preparing us for his return, the spirit of Antichrist is in the earth preparing the world for his coming. That's the scary thing about it. And so with that kind of introduction, let's jump in here and see what our our lessons unfold. Um, We have seen how the removal of the church allows for the uprising of the Antichrist. But let us look now more closely at what the spirit of Antichrist really is. We need to look at this and understand its attributes, its personality. Every spirit has a personality. The Holy Spirit actually has seven forms or seven personalities as, as revealed in the Bible. Uh, they call it, the Bible calls it the seven spirits of God. We know there's just one spirit, but there's seven in a sense personality traits. We know he's a spirit of grace. He's a spirit of hope. He's a spirit of healing. And there's some others. Every spirit, an unclean spirit makes you unclean. Uh, a Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will make you holy. Uh, a spirit of infirmity will bring infirmity upon you. Jesus cast out deaf and dumb spirits. They will make you deaf and dumb. A homosexual spirit will make you homosexual. And the spirit of Antichrist, by default and definition, will make you against Jesus. And that's the scary thing. That spirit of Antichrist is already at work in the earth, and he's turning people against Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and that's what we have to be careful of. We see it working very predominantly in the church right now. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is rejecting the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit. And by the move of the Holy Spirit, we don't just mean running and dancing and praying in the Spirit. We just mean holiness. We just mean worship. We mean having a spirit of excellence, an attitude for more of God. This spirit is working very uh, overtime, very vehemently in the church to turn the church against its own Savior. And that's what we looked at last time with the apostasy and the great falling away. You need to understand Antichrist is a spirit. First and foremost, understand the term Antichrist refers to a demon spirit that is already at work in the earth. The epistles of John, 1st and 2nd, 3rd, they teach us about this spirit, how it behaves, and how those who yield to it will act. When the Antichrist comes after the church is raptured, the Antichrist will be a man fully possessed of this spirit. But that spirit is already at work in the earth. And even as we'll see in some of these verses from 1 John, there are already many antichrists at work in the earth today. We need to be very, very mindful of this. We're going to begin to look at the personalities of the antichrist spirit and what they do. And we'll be able to see it in our own life. And this probably may be one of the more scary, more sobering lessons we've done. They've all been not real encouraging. I've got to try to find a way I can write an encouraging lesson about the end times, we may just have to jump to the millennial reign and feel good about ourselves. So look at 1 John 4, 3. That's our first verse. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Wherever you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. So from that verse, we see a few things. Number one, Antichrist is a spirit. Antichrist is already at work in the earth, and Antichrist does not like to confess Jesus. Have you noticed that in the churches, they're talking about just God? And they, they'll talk about Christ, but they don't want to talk about Jesus. They, they want to talk about, uh, we all paths lead to heaven. 
They want to talk about God as a loving God, and all they emphasize is the love of God and thank God for the love of God. But when you're dealing with church people, we know the love of God. We need to hear about the other aspects of God. To the heathen, you tell them about the love of God. God's not mad at you. He's not holding anything against you. Even Paul preached that way at Morris Hill. He said, hey, this statue over here to the unknown God, that's the God I want to talk to you about. And he was kind of being sneaky with them. And he even told all those heathen pagans, in times past, God has winked at your sin. But now he has sent forth his son, Jesus, to die for you. Evangelism is a very loving ministry. Pastoring and being a prophet and being an apostle, that's not so loving because you got dirty sheep to deal with. We see this a lot in our churches. That, that book by Rob Bell, Love Wins, some of the most gross heresy on the planet right now, that there is no help. And now, of course, we see the homosexual spirit bombarding and infiltrating the church. And so that now even in Nashville, they have gay-friendly churches. We're friendly to gays. We just want to cast the devil out of them. That's friendly. We want to get you set free. How, how much more friendly can you be? But we get you set free. So we have to be careful because this spirit is already at work and it's turning Christians against their savior. From this verse, we see that the Antichrist is a spirit right now. In the tribulation, it will be possessing a single man known as the Antichrist. Right now, we deal with the spirit of Antichrist. Simply stated, the spirit of Antichrist denies the lordship and reality of Jesus Christ. There is a difference between being ignorant of Jesus Christ and blatantly denying him. If anyone blatantly denies him, this spirit of Antichrist has influenced them. Uh, in that regard, a lot of heathen are not influenced by the spirit of Antichrist. They just don't know. But what we're seeing is a lot of Christians. The biggest one of, as of recent is Carrie Underwood. She has come out. She's a Christian. She's a country music singer. I, I convinced the body of Christ is who voted her to the top of the charts with American Idol a few years ago. Her big statement just recently is that I can't see how God would not want two people to love each other to be together. And, and the, the Jesus is a gospel of love, and we need to accept homosexuals. And I go to a gay-friendly church there in Nashville. What she's been, she's not ignorant. She's beginning to slowly, by the Spirit, deny the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The Lordship of Jesus Christ takes a very staunch stand against sin. I'm not against Carrie Underwood. I'm just really disappointed at her. Her husband is Mike Fisher, one of my favorite hockey players for the Predators. They need to find a better church, or that pastor maybe should put them out if, he, if they're the one bringing in the doctrine. This spirit's already at work. All these churches are taking up these secular, humanistic, sinful causes. That's not the work of the Holy Spirit in their church. That's the work of a spirit of Antichrist slowly moving them off of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are not ignorant. They're beginning to blatantly deny the things of the Word. The heathen, you ask them, do you believe in God? And they'll say, is there a God? They're just ignorant. They don't know. And you tell them, well, can I introduce you to my Jesus? Sure. What, who's he? And just like that, they get saved. Most of the heathen, I'm almost convinced, don't have the spirit of Antichrist too much working on them. It seems to be really attacking the church because as the church cools off and as the church lowers the standard, it opens wide the way for hell to invade earth. It opens wide the paths for Christians to invite demon influence and sin into their private life. And I'm reminded now of We've talked to you guys about Brother Sumrall's dream years ago about Apollyon. Uh, he's found in the Revelation. Apollyon is the king over the deep in the Revelation. And he had an army of uh, demon spirits that had bodies like horses and tails like scorpions and teeth like lion. And his name was Apollyon. He appeared to Dr. Sumrall probably back in the early mid-80s. And he said, I will bring America to her knees by administering filth 
in the schools and by administering filth in the government and by administering filth in the courtrooms and then by administering filth in the pulpits. And once I have administered filth in the pulpits, America will fall to her knees. That's how the spirit works. The spirit of Antichrist gets you to slowly turn away from Jesus for sinful things. Because if you stick close with Jesus, he's going to be like a good parent. He's a big brother, we understand biblically. But he's going to be like a good parent. Don't touch that. No, don't touch that. Come on. No, don't touch that. No, you can't have that. Come on. Hey, let me do... Stand over here. No, don't touch that. When you walk with Jesus, he's constantly popping your hand. Don't touch that. Let me show you something. You have to leave Jesus to get into all this weird, goofy stuff that these churches have gotten into. If anyone blatantly denies him, this spirit of Antichrist has influenced him. Let's look at our next section here. Lawlessness, which I deem a wicked fruit. I believe the Bible would call it a wicked fruit. I believe the Lord Jesus does. Lawlessness is one of the signs, probably the key sign of the spirit of Antichrist working. One of the key fruit of the spirit of Antichrist working in someone's life is the fruit of lawlessness. Lawlessness can be defined as not governed by or obedient to laws. That can be spiritual laws. That can be laws on your job. That can be laws in a courtroom. That can be laws anywhere you go. This is why we discipline our children. We don't want our children to be lawless. This is why we, we say, honey, uh, the, the Burger King ball pen says take your shoes off before you go into the ball pen. You know, the big swimming pool of balls. Honey, we obey rules. They're there for a reason. And you teach your child, we don't want you to be lawless. Now, you can't explain lawlessness to them in the spirit of Antichrist when they're three and four, but you can say, no, daddy said stop. You're going to obey that law. Lawlessness can be defined as not governed by or obedient to laws. This defines America. It seems as though there's a strong portion of America's population that's just looking for an excuse to riot. And as I've taught, America was founded on rebellion. 230 years ago, as colonialists, we stood on the brink of the Atlantic and we looked at England and we shook our fist at her and said, you will not tell us what to do. And we started a revolution. Thank God for it. I, thought it was a, I think it was a move of God. We were birthed as a Christian nation. But 230 years later, we stand on the brink of our doorstep and we, anybody that drives by, you will not tell me what to do. <laughs> we never really repented of that rebellion that was necessary to establish uh, America. Israel could do it. They have the judges. The judges would rise up, shake their fist at the Philistines, the Amalekites, the Midianites, kill them, then go back to being just good little Israelites. <laughs> we have been shaking our fist for 230 years and it's gotten worse in these last days. That is lawlessness. That is the fruit of the Antichrist working in your life. That's why we're on you to you know, discipline your children. That's why we're strict with our youth. That's why we, we just have rules to follow. It keeps things in order. God is a God of organization. The Greek word is cosmos. And the Bible says a bishop must have a life that is cosmos. That means in harmonious order. That's why we call the cosmos the cosmos. It comes from the Greek word. It's in harmonious order. You look at space. Everything's in harmonious order. The stars don't fall out of the sky and kill each other. They're set in their place. This is what laws do. This is why we're so hard about the Jezebel thing. Because all Jezebel is is spirit of Antichrist. You shake your fist at your husband and say, you will not tell me what to do. 
These are all different facets and fruit of the spirit of Antichrist influencing people's lives. And we don't need the help of Antichrist to be lawless. We have flesh. We have wants and we have selfishness. But when you yield to that stuff long enough, the spirit of Antichrist seems to say, hey, I hear someone calling my name. Let me come along and help them. Just like if your heart cries out for Jesus, the Holy Ghost says, hey, I hear somebody calling that name above all names. Let's come over here and help them. This is what we have to catch about the spirit of Antichrist. Anywhere you find blatant lawlessness, you'll find this demon spirit at work. Jesus Christ is the author of submission and obedience. Satan is the author of rebellion. So when you yield to the spirit of Jesus Christ, you become authored and finished by submission and obedience. He says he became obedient by the things which he suffered, yet learned he obedience. And he took upon him the form of a servant. And because he humbled himself, he was given the name above all names. But the Bible says of Satan, he sinned from the beginning. He rebelled from the beginning. So these are the contrasting things. We want to be Holy Ghost Christians that lead and, uh, and lean on the Holy Spirit so he can perfect us and teach us how to submit to rules. When you get submission in your heart, it's an awesome thing. You're just looking for rules to submit to. You walk into any establishment, you want to know who's in charge so you can be under the will of God. But a rebel goes every place looking to see who they can smack. They walk into every place seeing who they can give a piece of their mind to. That's a rebel. That's someone who's, if they're not being influenced by Antichrist, they're asking to be. And we have it in spades in our middle schools. We have it in spades in our high schools. We have juvenile detention centers busting at the seams because parents are too lazy to teach their children to be holy. So look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. For the mystery of inequity, and this is King James, the word inequity can be translated lawlessness. That's probably a better, if you have a King James, it might be worth going through your Bible and anywhere you find the word inequity, write lawlessness. That has a lot more meaning to you and I today than inequity. To us, inequity just means sin. You can be in sin and not be lawless. You can be struggling and you're warning. That, that's not lawlessness, but this is lawlessness. This means you see the law and you purposely decide to lean against it. Your team loses a Stanley Cup and it's not enough just to go home sulking. You got to set a trash can on fire. You got to flip a dumpster over. You got to throw a rock at a riot police. Why do police gear up for this? Because they know stupid is in their city. All right, we got the final game of the Stanley Cup or the NBA playoffs or the Super Bowl. We know how these fans are, and they have to come in and bring in 20,000 riot police. And they anticipate it. What's even more scary than that is city officials, they can perceive that atmosphere in their city. They can feel the, the palpable tensity, the tension in the air. And they, 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 it causes their police to take force and to take action. It's the spirit of Antichrist, just looking for something to rebel against. For the mystery of lawlessness does already work. What's the mystery of it? The fact that people would watch Satan condemn himself to hell and still want to follow in his place. That Christians know the outcome of Satan and yet they want to act like him. The mystery of lawlessness does already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. We've covered that, that he is referring to the church. Until he be taken out of the way, the spirit of lawlessness will work. Once the church is taken out of the way, the spirit of lawlessness or antichrist will possess a singular man. He will be known as the antichrist or the beast. And he will run the earth or attempt to. And the encouraging thing about the tribulation and the antichrist is he will attempt to take over the world. And he will fail to do so in three and a half years. 
<laughs> Very short. That's less than a presidential term. He will try and fail in three and a half years. And then the whole world will turn against him. And then Jesus Christ will come back and squish him. The end. Seven years. I haven't even been pastor seven years yet. It'll be a quick thing. The mystery of inequity refers to the spirit of the world and Antichrist. It is already at work and will only increase as people yield to it. And I remind you, laws were not made to be broken. That's an American cliche. Hey, man, rules were made to be broken, dude. Pass the joint. Crack the VW bus window, man. It's getting smoky in here. Rules, that's an American expression. Rules were made to be broken. You think God thought that when he wrote on the Ten Commandments with his finger? I'm writing these so that they can be broken, that I might destroy you. <laughs> no, he wrote them because he wanted it to go well with us. It doesn't mean, now we're not to say that if the Bible, if, the, if our government commands you to denounce Jesus Christ, you can break those rules. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego demonstrated that, as did Daniel. In fact, Daniel, the Bible teaches us, was a little bit more blatant with his rebellion. They said, you can't pray to anybody but, God, uh, but to uh, uh, Darius. And Daniel said, oh, so he opened his windows and prayed all the more. He kind of thumbed his nose at a stupid law. Now, we're not ones to go around judging rules because you could make an argument. 35 mile an hour speed zone, that's stupid. We'll visit you in prison. <laughs> so there's a balance to all this, but I think you catch the heart of what we're saying. A submissive person, a person with the Holy Spirit working in their life is not looking to break rules. They're looking to obey that Jesus Christ would be glorified in their life. But a rebellious person is just itching and antsy to break any rule. They're happy to sit there and do nothing until you tell them, uh, please, could you move over one? Now, all of a sudden, their rebellion excites. I'm not moving over. That's just the invitation I need. I was waiting for somebody to give me something to do so I could rebel. <laughs> You've got to be a miserable person. This spirit is already at work. And the more you and I yield to it, if we are yielding to it, the more it will uh, take over us. I'll prove to you it's working in ministers. Uh, there's nothing worse than a minister that wants to do his own thing. Or even in a local church, that's the whole reason church is split is because of the spirit of Antichrist, that lawlessness. Who's the pastor to tell me what to do? He's a pastor. Who is that deacon to tell me what to do? Who's that department head? Or the minister said, the pastor, I, I've dealt with this in our church with guest ministers. I don't preach that. You'll hurt my church. Oh, I don't think I will, sir. You will, please. I know my church better than you. You've never been to my church before. Please don't preach this. Talk about your testimony. Talk about how the Lord taught you about faith. That's what you shared with me yesterday. It was awesome. Do not teach this thing you call a, revela a revelation. You'll confuse my people. With all due respect, Pastor, anytime I teach this, it doesn't confuse the people. It will confuse my people. Well, he's never been back. Because if I just tell you, just I'm going to give you a big offering. Just shut up and teach your testimony and, and your heart. What do you care? You're if you're here to help my people, then listen to me and help my people. That's rebellion. That's lawlessness. Now, he's not demon-possessed, but he's got some rebellion in him. There's no servant's heart there. Laws were not made to be broken. 1 John 3, 4 in the NIV, I like this version. It says, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. King James says sin is inequity. But really, sin is lawlessness because sinning is breaking the law of God. To sin is to break the law of God. Now, sometimes we do it on purpose. Sometimes we unintentionally do it. Every one of us has the testimony that at some point the Lord spoke to us and said, that thing right there, stop it. Oh, Lord, I didn't even know I was doing that. 
But sin is lawlessness. And we know that the author of sin is the devil. So we want to make sure we resist this at every corner. Those who actively yield to sin are yielding to the spirit of lawlessness. This is the spirit of Antichrist. The devil is preparing the world for his coming. And he wants as many people to miss the rapture and to go to hell with him as possible. Uh, We've heard it preached for years. The devil is going to hell and he wants as many people there with him as possible. Pastor Vaughn used to preach hell is going to be full. Even if there were three people in hell, it would be full. It's too many people. But the devil knows his time is short. The revelation tells us that. He knows his time is short, so he's working fervently. The sad thing is, with as much gospel preaching that goes on, people want to go to hell. People want to live like the devil. People don't want to be told what to do. People will go to a strong church and they'll say, they're trying to control me. And we say, no, you're already being controlled by your flesh and the devil. The fastest growing churches in America are seeker-friendly churches that endorse lawlessness. Just do what you want to. Who are we to put a standard on you? Dress as you want to. We don't, who are we to put a dress code on you? Who are we to require you to be a little better? Who are we to require you to step up? Who are we to require you go from glory to glory and from faith to faith? Who are we to require that you go from grace to grace? Just come as you are, stay as you are, and don't let the Holy Spirit lead your life. We have churches endorsing this. They don't even realize what they're doing. I don't think the pastors of seeker-friendly churches are at home going, yeah, let's get the spirit of Antichrist working in our church real good so we can maybe ruin as many people's lives as possible. I don't think they know what they're doing. I think the problem is they don't walk with the Holy Ghost. Because when you do, he's just on you constantly. Most folks don't like to have a nag. And I'm not saying the Holy Ghost is a nag, but when you're carnal and sinful, he can downright nag. It's just called mercy. And it's called his loving kindness saying, stop, stop, stop. Most folks who are immature, carnal, and rebellious, they don't like to be told what to do. For you and I, I think we like to be told what to do. If I go preach at a church, I would actually prefer if the pastor said, here, preach this and hand me the message. Hey, I can do that. Would you like me to lay hands on anybody? What do you want me to do? There's even been times I was in one church. He said, when you're done preaching, lay hands on everybody. Sure, we get done. There's no anointing to lay hands on nobody. But he still wants me to lay hands on everybody. I'm not used to laying hands on people unless there's an anointing. All right, that's what the pastor wants. Lord, let's pray for people. I love it. You've got to get to a place where you love to be told what to do by your boss, by anybody in authority over you, by the police officer. Do you know if you obey the police officer, he won't pepper spray you? Amen. And you're not going to get tased. They do still have a right to shoot. I wish they would shoot more people. But old Rodney King kind of put a stop to all that. I like to be told what to do. I think the Lord Jesus loved to be told what to do. He learned obedience by the things he endured. And he said, I only say what the authority tells me to say, his father. I only do what the authority tells me to do, his father. He said, I do nothing in and of myself. Rebellion says, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'll do what I want. I'll say what I want. I'll go where I want. And who are you to stop me? The quickest way to be promoted by God is to submit down. Just to get down on your knees and submit. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What does my boss want me to do? What does my husband want me to do? What does my authority want me to do? That's the quickest way. The spirit of Antichrist is the opposite of all of this. And when you start to look at that, you see how influential it has really been 
Because you and I all know Christians who say, well, I'm not going to that church. I don't like the preacher stepping on my toes. Or I, don't, I quit that job. I couldn't handle the boss. He was too bossy. That's why he's called a boss. He's not called an ASCII because he asks. He's called a bossy because he bosses. We've gone mentally goofed, deranged, because we don't understand the simplicity of all of this. Let me give you a quote from uh, Reverend Tim LaHaye, a very great Bible scholar. The spirit of rebellion, this is from his book, so this is his words. The spirit of rebellion in the heart of any person signifies that he or she is a subject of the Antichrist even before he arrives. Tim LaHaye said that. The spirit of submission to the law of God is a supernatural result of having invited Jesus Christ into one's life. Tim LaHaye, who, he's not in our types of circles, but he's a tremendous Bible scholar. That's a very profound statement. That's taken out of his book on the Revelation and the Antichrist and the end times. He recognizes this. I think it's an awesome quote. Let me read it again. The spirit of rebellion in the heart of any person, that includes Christians that we might add, signifies that he or she is a subject of the Antichrist even before he arrives. The spirit of submission to the law of God is a supernatural result of having invited Jesus Christ into one's life. When we go to the jails, one of the curriculum we've written is called submission to authority. And the thing we've written is that we say Satan is the author of rebellion. Jesus Christ is the author of submission. That one, you're, you're, if you know any of the folks that go to our jail, they'll tell you that's the hardest message to preach in jail every time they go. That's the one that's resisted the most. That's the message that people hate the most. When you teach them, you've got to submit. And then we always tell them, the reason you're here in prison right now is because you're more like Satan than Jesus. If you had submitted like Jesus, you wouldn't be in jail right now. But you rebelled like Lucifer, therefore we're preaching to you right now. Jesus is the author of submission, but Lucifer is the author of rebellion and insurrection and lawlessness. In fact, in, in one of our lessons, we'll cover the Antichrist. He is called the lawless one, the son of perdition. Look at Ephesians 2.2. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Ephesians is talking about there's the prince of the power of the air. When you yield to the spirit of lawlessness, you're yielding to a much higher demon force. The prince, not the subjugate, not this lowly demon imp, the prince of the power of the air. That's a very high ranking demon, according to Ephesians 6. When you allow lawlessness to work in your life, you're yielding to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. You can be born again and be a child of disobedience. It's called being backslid, like the prodigal. This is a spirit we want to teach you to resist. That's why we're talking so much about it. So it wants to minister to every one of us, and when it does, you can resist it and say, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not me just wanting to be rude to my boss. That's Antichrist right there. I think if we realize what it is, uh, we'll resist it even more. If I were to hand you a, a, a drink, say, hey, drink this. What's that? Eh, well, just drink it. And as you begin to drink, I say, it's, gonna, it's acid. It's going to burn holes in your stomach. You'd spit it up. If I told you, well, you know, it's no big deal, you might go ahead and keep drinking it. If we tell you that this rebellion in you is antichrist, you'll hate it even more. You won't tolerate it. You'll say that attitude is antichrist. It doesn't make you the antichrist. It just makes you a recipient of his influence. 
Just like when you do good things and you're manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, it doesn't make you the Holy Spirit. It just makes you a recipient of His work in your life. So we might even could teach, uh, without pulling scriptures, we might could teach there's the fruit of the Holy Spirit and there's the fruit of demon spirit. And lawlessness is a fruit of the Antichrist spirit if you allow it to work in your life. Are you having fun yet? We have to teach this. This spirit is working overtime to prepare the world for the Antichrist's coming. This spirit works in the lives of the lost, and it has the potential to work in our lives to make us children of disobedience. The Bible is very clear in this verse. Those that willfully live disobedient have the prince of the power of the air working in them. That is not a good thing. A lifestyle blatantly disobedient to Jesus Christ is antichrist. Many Christians live antichrist. Going, skipping church is antichrist. Stealing the tithe is antichrist. Lying is antichrist. Cussing is antichrist. Uh, if I can even tighten it down, taking an attitude, a sassy attitude with your spouse, that's not Holy Spirit. That's not Jesus Christ. We're not saying you got the spirit of antichrist, but it's antichrist behavior. When you look at it with this sharp detail, it kind of, you say, oh, Jesus, have mercy. Have mercy on me. Look at this Antichrist. Our next section, Antichrist affects your mouth. This spirit will affect what you say with your mouth. 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. Now, one of the things we've taught you about that word deny, it doesn't mean you refuse to uh, uh, acknowledge their existence. The word deny in the Greek literally means you will not listen to them. That's what the word deny means. Now, it means in that regard, uh, and we've always used the example, uh, when you go to the doctor and he says you have cancer, you can be in denial. What we're saying by that word is you refuse to listen to what the doctor's saying. La, 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 la. Do you deny, do you deny the doctor? No, you just deny what he's saying. And we've covered this in our Sunday evening services on this spirit of apostasy is that the word literally means to close your ear, to, to have no hearing. And in that regard, we could teach without stretching that when you deny the father, you turn a deaf ear to him. When you deny the son, you stop listening to him. We know that false prophets will deny him, but they'll still preach his word. They'll just mix it in with their weird stuff. They're no longer listening. But it doesn't exclude the fact that some will say there is no Christ. There is no Jesus. There is no Father. You have to believe in the Father before you can deny Him. And you have to believe in a Jesus before you can deny Him. Who is a liar? So Antichrist affects your mouth. But he that denies that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. Here the Bible calls anyone who has yielded to the spirit of Antichrist and allowed it to influence their faith Antichrist. Spirits will make you what they are. If you deny Christ, you are Antichrist. I would teach that any person, any preacher, any Christian that believes Jesus is not the only way to heaven is Antichrist. I believe in that regard, Joel Osteen is very close and he's on thin ice because anytime he goes on television, he totally forgets the foundational faith of his father's. Well, I'm just not sure if he's the only way. Well, you were preaching he was Sunday. Now you're telecast to 50 million people and you're not sure? Come on, Joel. The sad thing is we can talk about the fact that he's antichrist in some ways. 
I don't think he's there yet. We pray that he doesn't go that route fully, but he's on the way there. You and I, we wouldn't have a problem. Larry King asked us, is Jesus the only way to heaven? Yes, sir, and you better get born again, Larry. You're going to go to hell. I don't care if you are a Jew. You're on your seventh or eighth wife. You don't have God in your life. We just preach it and wear it out. But Joel, with the largest church in America and a lot of money, he, he, can't, he can't remember. So there he is denying Jesus on national television. And we're buying his books, making them rich. I wouldn't go to the doctor who wasn't sure how to help me. And I wouldn't go to a mechanic who said, um, uh, uh, yeah, it's making a noise. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'll be driving someplace else. Second <laughs> John 1, 7. For many deceivers are entered into the earth, excuse me, the world, who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Notice there again that the spirit affects your mouth. You confess not. You have to watch what people are saying. You have to watch it because that spirit will influence their mouth. They start saying things like, well, Jesus doesn't mind if you're homosexual. Careful. Jesus doesn't mind if you sleep with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your girlfriend and your boyfriend. Jesus doesn't mind if you skip church. You're getting on thin ice and you're being influenced by this spirit. You have to remember, and we haven't covered it, so maybe you can't remember. Don't forget. Let me tell you, when Satan comes and the Antichrist, he will establish a one world religion. And it will have to accommodate all religions. And the problem with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the, it is the most exclusive religion on the planet. Jesus Christ made it very clear. I am the only way. I am the only truth. I am the only life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. And in order to undo Christianity, the spirit of Antichrist in preparing for his coming must strip that truth out of the church. My personal belief in doctrine is he will succeed in many churches and those churches will not be raptured. Those believers that adhere to that will not go up. And you will be left with this giant ecumenical Giant seeker-friendly, giant watered-down church that claims they believe the Bible, but they really don't. We believe the Bible. We study it. But it doesn't mean you adhere to it in your heart and live by it. That's what this spirit is working to do. That's why we're such sticklers around here. That is why many people will call me legalistic and full of the law. Yeah, my New Testament has 1,050 commandments. That's about 400 more than the Old Testament. Yeah, I'm legalistic to the New Testament. It's written for a purpose. He didn't say, you know what? Our, our book only has 50 chapters, 50 books. Let's add some filler in there. It's not like God had a publisher who said, this is not thick enough. We just, we can't go to print with this. Make up some stuff, Jesus. <laughs> we have 1,050 New Testament commandments. Yep, I'm legalistic. I want to keep all of them. I can't. I'll fail, but I have mercy. But I'm going to endeavor to keep it. Everybody else is trying to uh, jettison those commandments. That's the spirit of Antichrist. The job of a deceiver and an Antichrist is to turn people away from Jesus Christ and the Word of God. An Antichrist is the total opposite of a God-ordained gospel preacher. The gospel preacher's job is to turn people to Jesus and point people to the Word. Many preachers are turning people away from Jesus and sowing her heresy. They are Antichrist. If you study every Old Testament prophet, one of the things you'll find is they always said, repent, serve God, 
Turn away from your idols. Repent. Any revival you find in the Old Testament, it was based upon the reading of the law or the Torah. And that caused people to repent and weep, offer the sacrifices necessary. Now, we don't do all of that. But Old Testament prophets, the ones anointed of God, they always call people back to Jehovah. That's the job of any New Testament preacher is to call people back to Jesus Christ. And what we have is so many preachers that are not calling people back to Jesus Christ, but they're adding things to Jesus Christ, saying you can serve Jesus and smoke pot. You can serve Jesus and smoke cigars. You can serve Jesus and look at porn. You can serve Jesus and be a homosexual. We're gay friendly. In fact, we have a gay flag here. We want you to know you're welcome here. But what they mean is, and you don't have to change. We welcome everybody here. I believe God for all walks of life. They're welcome here and they have to change. Otherwise, the preaching of the word will drive them out. Everybody listened to Paul once. And some returned to follow him and some did not. You're welcome to come here. You're welcome to hold hands with your lesbian in my service. And you'll know what you need to do before you leave my service. We've had many, we still have many fornicators that come here. You're welcome to sit there and in the heart, you're going to know that you're sinful. But you're going to change or you're going to leave one. That's how the thing works. Everybody came unto Jesus, but not everybody stuck with him. We're going to stick with him around here. Many preachers are turning people away from Jesus and sowing heresy. You have to watch out for it. Christian television is the biggest promoter of heresy on the planet. These folks, not necessarily Christian television, but these preachers, they are, it's heresy. They are antichrist. Look at the, Bible, the next passage there in 1 John. Many antichrists. That ought to scare us. Little children, it is the last time. Well, if it was 2,000 years ago, I think we're really hot and heavy into it now. And as you have heard, antichrist shall come. Even now are there many antichrists. Whoa, whoa. In John's day, there were many antichrists. Do you think the number's gone down or gone up? <laughs> How about in the last five years? Up. There's a reason why there's six, seven, eight, nine Christian satellite stations. I, I don't know which comes first, the chicken or the egg. I don't know if maybe somebody says there needs to be a new clean Christian television station. So they start one and then it ends up dirty. So somebody else says there needs to be a clean Christian television station. So they start one and it ends up dirty. But nowadays, most of what's on Christian television is dirty. I would say less than 5% of what's on Christian television is worth watching. So somebody goes and starts another one, the, you know, the Jesus satellite station, and it'll be clean for two or three years and then it'll go dirty because the people will infiltrate it. There are many antichrists, and this is how we know it is the last time. Uh, the complete Bible, uh, whatever L is, the, uh, the complete Bible library, their commentary translates this verse like this. What you have heard concerning antichrist as about to make his appearance just before the return of Christ is now fulfilled in the many false teachers most worthy to be called antichrists. So the complete Bible library commentary translates this Bible verse like this. What you've heard concerning the antichrist as about to make his appearance just before the return of Christ, it is now being fulfilled in the many false teachers most worthy to be called antichrists. That, that, that translation, that verse fits now more than it ever has. We know Antichrist, the Antichrist is close because we can see his minions everywhere. And Paul said, no doubt they are ministers of Satan himself, for even Satan is transformed into an angel of light. 
According to John, the spirit of Antichrist influences false teachers. This spirit causes the teachers to teach subtle lies that turn the hearer away from the truth and subvert the, the believer. That's one of the Bible promises. They subvert believers. They subvert. In fact, let me look up the word subvert. Just occurs to me. Bear with me here as I pull up a phone app. Subvert. These teachers will subvert believers. Let's see. Dictionary. Just sometimes you think you know what a word means. You probably don't. The word for the day is mumpsimus, whatever that means. Subvert. To overthrow. To cause the downfall, ruin, or destruction. To undermine the principles. To corrupt. False teachers will undermine the principles of believers. Are we watching that right now? Oh, yeah. Even in our little Southern Bible Belt community. I just got to fly. We have a cowboy church starting up somewhere. We are not in cowboy territory. Might as well start a disco church. Get Rick. We need to start a firefighter church. Good God Almighty. A, a cowboy church will work in Chile among the gauchos. It'll work in Montana and South Dakota. Maybe the plains where there's real cowboys and they ride their horse to work and they ride their horse to church and they ride their horse to market. It's not going to work in Warren County. It's going to be some little queer fad. Some odd little fad. But that's what's going on. They will subvert the believer. In John's day, there were many antichrists. We can be confident the number has only grown. So let's look here real quickly at some antichrist attitudes so we can see where the spirit of antichrist is. The spirit of Antichrist is already at work in the earth today. The motive of this spirit is jealousy. It is jealous of what is rightfully God's, honor and worship. The spirit of Antichrist is driven by jealousy. It is jealous of what is rightfully Jehovah God's. It is jealous of what is rightfully Jesus Christ. The term Antichrist means against Christ. So to be very simple, we don't mean to insult your intelligence. Just think about everything Jesus Christ stands for. And Antichrist is the opposite. Think about opposite day as a kid. We'd say, I hate you. What? It's opposite day. Oh, I hate you too. This is the very stuff we're seeing preached in the churches, and it's called the new move. You don't have to carry yourself clean. You don't have to pray. You don't have to worship. You don't have to tithe. Come as you are. Stay as you are. These are all Antichrist. Let's have some entertainment. Let's put heathen on the worship team. Let's have a smoke screen. This is all stuff Jesus Christ did not do. It's not what he's about. For this reason, the spirit of Antichrist will cause rebellion in other forms in the lives of those who yield to it. And these include resistance to Jesus Christ. It will produce defiance to Jesus Christ. Refu a refusal to play homage to the word of God. Hating the church's worship of the living God. Have you noticed that we've got so much carnal stuff in the church? That's not worship. We borrowed that from MTV. We borrowed it from BET. It's not worship. It's not people opening their heart. It's people jumping around and moshing. You watch most modern worship services, you honestly think it's a nightclub. The lights go down dark. You have purple Ultraviolet lights going this way and that way. The smoke machines bellow out the smoke. And the folks up there on the worship team need to have the devil cast out of them. 
and they need to be in a severe discipleship program and they need to be slapped and said, get the mascara off your face, dude. And if you're going to be on God's holy platform, you should dress like you're not a bar hopper. We were at a church and you could, from that platform was so high and the girl's skirt was so short, I could just about see up her skirt to her panties. I said, well, we're not worshiping that direction. We'll worship this direction. And nobody, it was acceptable, I suppose. Hating the church's worship of the living God. We know that spirit hates it. That's why we've seen such a drastic change and shift in the last 10 years, a rapid shift. So much now that you can go to churches and church after church after church has the same style of secular worship. It's cookie cutter. It's mass produced out of dark hearts written by teenagers and college kids whose number one influences are you 2 the Beatles, all these secular things. They don't ever say Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, Mozart, Beethoven, the, Psalm, or the Psalms of David. Their musical influences are from total pig pagans. And that's what they put in their heart. And they get up there and they play like the Edge from U2. That's the, that's the guitar player's name. His name is The Edge, if you didn't know. I don't think it was his birth name, but that's just a wild guess. I may be just totally grasping at straws there. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, I got an idea. Let's name our boy The Edge. If it's a girl, we'll call her The Ball. <laughs> Refusal to acknowledge that man is to be submitted to a power higher than his own. Blaspheming God's servants. Mocking the things of God. Hating all that is God. So these are just some antichrist attitudes. Areas where antichrist is evident. Entertainment. Duh. Hedonism rules. God is mocked. Nothing is holy but self. Thank God ABC just canceled their show. Good Christian Bees. B-I-T. That was their Christian show, or their, their show on ABC. It was basically Desperate Housewives, but with Christian church-going women. And the preacher was having an affair, and the season ended with him at a strip club. The pastor. Not even the preacher. They called him a pastor. Thank God it, 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 they canceled it. I hope it tanked. I hope it cost them millions. They would never do that called Good Muslim Bees. Burka Babes Beyond Measure. No, only the true and living God is mocked. Universities in all levels of education. Atheism reigns supreme. Government and politics. God is rejected. Man is considered to have the answer. Government, vote for me. I'll take care of you. I'll be your supply. I'll be your wisdom. I'll give you counsel. Media. Christians are mocked, blasphemous agendas are promoted. If you don't know how the news is given, let me introduce it to you. I work with a geologist named George Hagajorge. His daughter was a, a news producer for a television station in Miami. The girl was 22. She wrote the news that they read on the teleprompt. She took the AP wire. She digested it. She's a Christian, though. And she would put her thing on it so that that local outlet story, though it was from the same AP wire, Associated Press, had a different flavor than the other station airing the same thing. And so when you have 22 and 24 and 29-year-old kids writing or producing the news, 
you have weird influences that are beamed out to a million viewers and you affect their hearts and you affect what they're saying. One of the stories that came out of Miami is that a black man was shot by the police and for doing drugs and they, the local news ran him as an African-American. He was a Jamaican immigrant. But that doesn't sell to the civil rights community like an African-American. So they totally, he was a Jamaican immigrant. He was from Jamaica. He wasn't an African-American. He was straight up Amon, Jamaican. But they ran it as an African-American shot by police. I think that probably inflamed a few things. Secular churches. Many churches now teach inclusivity and reductionism. Inclusivity says everybody's going. Reductionism says the word of God doesn't really mean that. We're reducing the word of God. Social activism. This is biblical charity without Jesus Christ. Many, many, many churches are now promoting social activism. Uh, they're, they're, they're stateside when they should be making disciples. They're spending lots of money trying to be cool like Hollywood, helping Darfur. The only way you're going to help Darfur is to get over there with some missionaries and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, we want to stop the sex trade from America. Well, clean up the porn industry in your church first. Oh, uh, we want to save the planet. You can't. It's cursed. And it has not been redeemed. There's no redemption for the earth. Environmentalism. Gaia is the new goddess. Love your mother. Worship the creation. Save the planet. A lot of churches are into environmentalism now, especially those out west that have that influence on them. God help us to stay close to Jesus Christ. So we could elaborate a lot more on some of that, but that is the spirit of Antichrist and his influence. Hopefully that helps you. We're called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Brother Stephen, they deal directly with the sex trade because they're getting people from their communities. I'm not knocking what they do. So I just throw that out there because we just, there's a big church in Nashville. One of their big agendas on their website is we, we do the homeless thing. We do the social activism thing. We, we, uh, we try to stop the sex trade. There isn't much of a sex trade in the States. Deal with what's in your backyard, which is all the sin in your church, buddy. Uh, so we're not, because I know Brother Steve just shared that the other day about uh, that they, they're, they're really actively uh, uh, educating their local people about what sex trade, but he's in Thailand. That's where they're stealing the kids from. So I'm not trying to knock you saying, I just want to clarify that. But that concludes that. We've gone over a little bit. Uh, let's be dismissed and we'll be ready for regular service in seven minutes.